you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. Week to week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. I'm going to read a little lengthily tonight. Hopefully to lay some groundwork and foundation. Without a doubt, I heard from God and I feel to speak to you what the Lord has put on me tonight I I never take the opportunity to preach lightly all pastors and preachers maybe pastors particularly go through seasons where we preach by obligation times we preach by inspiration and then there are times that we preach because God has put a word in us that is burning and has to be said And I come to you tonight with one of those words that I feel God has put in my spirit. It's one of those words that may make you rejoice at moments. It may affect you deeply at moments. It may offend you at moments. But whatever it is, receive the word of the Lord tonight. Because I'm not preaching to men or at men tonight. But I am going to preach the word and I am going to preach two spirits. And we're going to let the Lord do what he does best. Numbers chapter 13, verse number 25. And they returned from searching of the land after 40 days. And they went and came to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel under the wilderness of Paran and Kadesh and brought back word unto them and to all the congregation, and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him and said, We came into the land whither thou sentest us, and surely it overfloweth with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land and the cities are walled and very great and moreover we saw the children of Anak there the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south and the Heatites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan are we sure this is the promised land? And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it. 
Notice now, he did not disagree with the findings of giants in the land and all the habitations and the mountains and the sea. Didn't disagree with any of it. He just said, let's go up and possess it. For we are well able to overcome it. There's obstacles there, but we are well able to overcome it. But the men went up with them and said, We be not able to go up against the people, for they're stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. The land will eat you up. And all the people that we saw are men of great stature. And there we saw giants, the son of Anak, which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. So we were in their sight. Hmm. Twelve men. They all saw the same thing. They all brought the fruit back and said, it's a great land. Ten of them said, we're too weak. But Joshua and Caleb said, we are more than able to overcome the obstacles. With the help of the Lord tonight, I want to preach to you on the challenge of possibilities. The challenge of possibilities. With every great opportunity comes greater challenges. Lord, help us tonight to put what you have placed into my spirit, into words, and be able to speak it tonight. Open our hearts and our minds. Anoint our eyes with eye salve and our spirits tonight. For those that are wounded may be healed. Those that are weary and tired may receive strength and nourishment. And those that are complacent, may step into the battle that we may go forward by faith in Jesus name Amen God bless you you can be seated tonight with every great opportunity comes greater challenges gifted with vision that sees afar Visionaries learn to not accept the limits of the less courageous, but they push on against all odds until they find the next level of success. When the founders of Massachusetts 
hired the surveyors to lay out the land plots and establish the boundaries for the new world. Their perspective would be of utmost importance. With the ocean to its east, they surveyed to the north and to the south. But they were almost, almost certain that exploring west of Boston was going to be the key key to their future possibilities. As they surveyed and laid out the plat maps and began to move north and south and eventually started moving westward from the eastern shores and from Boston, they got 15 miles west of the city of Boston's boundaries. And they were met with obstacles and challenges that seemed impossible. Their perspective caused them, the surveyors, to only see the impossibilities that laid before them. The land seemed uninhabitable. It seemed like it could not be developed so They got together and decided the best thing to do was to communicate back to the founding fathers and to let them know. So they wrote a letter. We made it 15 miles west of Boston. We have laid out the plats. The land is workable. But the land beyond here and to the west is all barren and uninhabitable. It will never be good for anything beyond this 15 miles. The surveyors had 4,876 miles of possibility before they reached the shores of California. But they were limited By 15 miles of faith. Moses dealt with the same issue when he sent out 12 men to spy out the land. 10 said, we can't. 10 said, there are giants in the land. 10 said, the land is over inhabited by by armies that are much too mighty for us. They are great in our sight and we are grasshoppers in their sight and in our own. But one man, Caleb, rose to the moment and said, We are well able to overcome it. Ladies and gentlemen, it does not matter what lies behind us or what obstacles are before us. I came to declare to you tonight that we are well able to overcome Whatever lies before us. Considering where the church has been and considering where the church is going, I come to seek out those tonight that would sign up for the task of surveying the future of Christian Life Church. 
Are you ready to survey the land that is set before us? We could stay here where we are and miss 5,000 miles of possibilities to remain within the confines of 15 miles of security. We need more than 15 miles of faith when there's so much possibility that lies before us. I ask you surveyors tonight, instead of judging the sermon, would you please judge the church possibilities for a moment tonight? Would you imagine with me what Christian Life Church could possibly look like in the next five years? What will your faith allow you to see? What will your home look like? I can tell you what the church will look like. It will reflect very closely to the lives of its membership. What will your prayer life look like five years from now? What will your commitment look like five years from now? What will your steadfastness, what will your home look like? What will your separation look like? Where will you be five years from now? Because it's very likely that the church will look very similar to the way your personal life will look in the next five years. What will your faith allow you to see? Are you tuned into the spirit realm enough to hear the voice of God tonight as He is proclaiming the possibilities that lie before us? Preachers, where will your ministry be in the next five years? Sunday school teachers, children's ministry workers, where will your ministry be in the next five years? Young people, where will your prayer life be? Elders, where will your life be five years from now? What would happen if every member of CLC would join a group, a small group in the next three months and would start bringing a friend to every small group gathering? What are the possibilities? We've used the excuse, we don't have parking. Brother Oliver told me tonight, with a little jest involved, I'm tired of pulling in here in a clean car and driving through your mud holes. We've used the excuse, we don't have adequate seating. We don't have adequate space. But the obstacle is about to be moved. Then what? What are the possibilities in the future? What will your excuse for not evangelizing be then? What will the excuse for not teaching a Bible study be then? What will your excuse for not bringing your neighbor be then? I ponder the thought and ask you tonight, what would happen if our 13 preachers that are part of this church and most of them have wives, would commit to teaching one home Bible study to an unchurched person or family in the next five or six months. What are the possibilities? What would happen if an I Pray type P7 club would be started 
in the, every school represented by our CLC students. The last time I checked, I think almost 30 schools are represented among us. What would happen if 30 brand new P7 clubs would get started? What are the possibilities? What would happen if spontaneous prayer meetings would spring up in houses all over the region that is inhabited by CLC membership? What kind of revival would come out of those prayer meetings? Because every revival was not born out of a music program and it didn't even start with preaching. Every great revival, including the day of Pentecost, all started with a prayer meeting. You want a ministry? You better be faithful to prayer meeting. You better make yourself a prayer meeting. You better have yourself a prayer life. If your business keeps you from praying, you're too busy. We got to pray. Everything in life is built around prayer. Everything in your home ought to be built around prayer. Every ministry ought to be built around prayer. Where we're going is going to be built around prayer. Without prayer, we can't do anything. What if every CLC member not just those that normally do, not just the grandmas and grandpas, then the silver heads that support the church. But what if every CLC member gave like we were apostolic? What if we all had faith like we really believed that anything is possible? Oh, pastor, you don't understand. Every possibility has a challenge. And the greater the possibility, the greater the challenge. But I'm telling you, there's no mountain that can stand before us. L let me just give you a little word from the Lord tonight. The, the song that the choir sang, they had no idea what I was preaching tonight and I had no idea what the song was that they were singing before I picked up this just before I walked up on the platform and I looked and I said oh my goodness I see what they're singing the Lord has a way of aligning things the Lord has a message for CLC there are some great possibilities that lie ahead of us they are going to be met with some incredible challenges are you going to sit on the sideline and whine and complain about how bad it is how hard it is how difficult it is are you going to suck it up, get up to where you are and look at the challenge it says before you and said we can overcome it, we can overcome it I want to be part of the 8% that says we can do it I tell you what I see about our future I see LC I see CLC becoming a mighty army, rising up, pushing back the forces of darkness. God has given us dominion and authority over this region. 
God is, God is aligning people and things and times and seasons. He's putting everything in, into position. I see this church becoming a prayerful army that is taking back our homes, our schools, our workplaces, our communities, and, and the name of the Lord will always be present in everything that we do. I tell you what I see. I see entire churches saying, i got to close the doors. I'm not talking about apostolic churches. I'm talking about denominational churches that say we can't survive anymore. Can you send a preacher over here to preach? And we're going to send out men and women that are going to go and establish. We're not done with Lafayette and with Lebanon, but we're going to establish churches, build preaching points, build new churches, establish new works. We're going to have more sending power than we do giving power, but we're not going to be satisfied where we are. Pastor, aren't you worried about the challenges? The greater the challenge, the greater the possibility. see a revival of backsliders. The prayers of this church need to be so powerful and so strong that they can't sit at home on Sunday night. But I tell you what the problem is. The problem is is that we sit at home on Sunday night. The problem is we find every other priority and reason to miss church. We got, we got this game to watch, this thing to do, something else that gets in the way. There is nothing in your life that needs to be more important than your church attendance to your home church. I knew it wasn't going to. I thought it would be met with a little, a little obstacle. I hit a stump. I'm going to dig a while. This church was established in 1965. I'm going to preach just like Bishop Price would have preached it if he would be here. If the doors of the church are open, you ought to do your best to be here. If you're working, we understand. If you're sick, stay home. If you have an opportunity to vacation with your family, God bless you. Go in peace. But you ought to make the church a priority for your home and your family. Your kids ought to not have to ask, are we going to church today? Your spouse ought to not have to ask, are we going to get up and go to church? The church ought to be the center of our life. You know who's going to build the church with us? You know who's, who's going to see the miraculous? It's those that are willing to stand up against the odds of society and declare we're going forward by faith. The challenges are great, but we're going forward. The possibility of prayer is so incredibly powerful. The potential of unprayed prayers is absolutely astonishing that we have an incredible power of prayer, yet we are not tapping into its resources because we allow the flesh to get in the way. We allow things to get in the way. We get so focused on everything else. I'll tell you where we're going. We're going to a place where the prayers of the church are breaking down walls and barriers that have separated us 
for many, many years, I see walls of nationalities being broken down and cultures being broken down and languages being broken down and generational gaps being broken down to where young folks want to hang out with elders and elders want to hang out with young folks and white folks want to hang out with black folks and brown folks want to hang out with red folks. Come on, I'm preaching about not being not being a culturally sensitive church, but being a God-sensitive church that is reaching everybody regardless of economic status, regardless of social status. The church has to grow in every area. Spiritual, physical, emotional, numerical, and financial. Of course there are obstacles in the way. If the story of Joshua and Caleb is a good example for us to use, 92% of the people will be negative. And will want to focus on the obstacles. There are obstacles in the way of us becoming the kind of church that God really wants us to be. But we are well able to overcome them. Why don't you look at your neighbor with confidence and tell your neighbor we are well able to overcome it. We are well. Come on, look at three or four people. Why don't you just stand with me right now where you can just move about because right now you need to step across the aisle to somebody and speak a word to them and tell them we are more. I know there's obstacles in the way, but we're more than able. Come on, say it like you mean it. We are more. I know there's hardships. I know there's difficulties. I know there are barriers, but we are more than able to overcome them. We're going to fight against them. We are going to fight until we have victory. We're going to pray until we are victorious. We are more than able. We're not going to get by by the skin of the teeth. We are more than able. It's not just a get by. It is we are more. We are well able. We are well able. We are well able. You can be seated. I ask the Lord to help me to be the kind of leader that sets the goals of this church and casts visions so high that it not only scares the life out of you, but it scares the life out of me. God has commanded and commissioned this church to fulfill the great commission. To go into all the world. It's God's will for every CLC member to be engaged in personal evangelism. Whether it's knocking doors, 
handing out flyers, making phone calls, working the bus ministry, volunteering in the office, teaching Bible studies. Everybody ought to reach somebody with this message of truth. If what you are looking for is a position and a platform, you're dismissed. But if you're hungry to see lost souls saved and you're willing to do whatever you have to do and no matter what it costs you because you see the possibilities. We've made it. We've come this far by faith. But I'm not sending a letter back to the leaders and say we've made it 15 miles. There's another 4,970 something miles left. But it's all vast wasteland. It's all burnt over field. We need to stay in our little 15 miles. I rebuke that spirit in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ we will go forth by faith there's going to be gold in the mountains of California we're going to go after it in Jesus name we're going to reach every soul and no barrier no mountain too high no valley too low no obstacle too great that we will not overcome it because we are well able to overcome it We are six weeks, we are six weeks away from our first service in our new building. The Lord has ordered our steps. The prospect of selling our building at this crucial time has spoken directly to me. About five years ago, about three different evangelists came by and spoke a word to me and said, your church is in a season of confirmation. It wasn't until the third time it was spoken to me that the man of God explained it to me. And said the reason that God is having to hold you in a season of confirmation is because the majority of your congregation does not believe it. And God is having to prove himself over and over. And even though he proves himself The next time you speak a word of faith, it's met with the same doubt and the same doubters. And until they learn that God is going to confirm his word with signs following, you will not be able to move out of the season of confirmation. It's been spoken for many, many years when it's time for us to build, God will make a way. When it's time for us to move, God will make a way. It wasn't until this week that I heard a still small voice speak to me and God said once again, the timing of the sale of this building 
is to confirm to those who said we can't that I'm still in charge. Whether the prospective buyers come through or whether it falls through really is immaterial to this season. Whatever the outcome, we are more, we are well more than able to overcome it. Toward the conclusion of this building project, our funds have ran out. There were things that we've had to purchase at the conclusion of this that didn't make a budget list and wasn't handed down. It wasn't anything that I was expecting. It was There were things that we had no earthly idea of the cost and the expectation. Our building inspector said, I'm sorry, Pastor. But your restroom signs by the door have to have restroom in Braille. It was confusing to me how they ever know where it's posted. I'm not making light of some of the expectations. Our sign maker said, that little two-inch placard, every time I reproduce it, costs you $60. 60 Just one small thing. People are like, where's all the money going? Brother Jeremy's steak dinners. Whatever the outcome, we are well more than able to overcome it. We will finish. We will do whatever we have to do until the inspector says good enough. And we're going to move in. And whether it's now, next month, or next year, eventually the building will sell. Regardless of the outcome, we are well more than able to overcome it. But as we prepare to move and as we move in the next six weeks into our new building, we must have every established ministry functioning to their fullest capacity. This is what I hear the Lord speaking to me. We must be operating at our fullest capacity. We don't need a negative Perez saying we can't get there. We need a Joshua and Caleb leading ministries saying we're well more than able. What about this obstacle? I'm not sure, but we're well more than able. Every established ministry needs to be moving forward at their fullest capacity. 
We don't need part-time ministries. We need everything functioning at full capacity in order to facilitate the wave of revival that God is bringing into CLC. I know it's a pipe dream, but four years ago I confirmed it today to make sure that it was legit numbers. Four years ago, our membership was hovering at 230 members. In four short years, we have grown by 62 new members. And our average attendance today is hovering where our membership was four years ago. What will CLC look like next year at this time? Where will we be in five years? What are the possibilities, surveyors? What does the land look like? How far are you willing to go outside of Boston? How far are you willing to go away from what you are comfortable with? At what point will you write a letter and send it back to the founding fathers? Everything beyond 15 miles is barren wasteland, uninhabitable. And will never be developed. I know for some. The land may look at uninhabitable. Unwelcoming. Difficult. But we are well. More than able. To overcome it. CLC whatever it is. That meets us in the future. We are well more than able. The Apostle Paul said in, the, in, in Acts the 20th chapter, And now behold, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there. The good apostle, apostle was commissioned by God to go into Jerusalem. And he said, I don't know what lays before me. They may kill me. They may destroy me. I may get ran out on a rail. I don't know what befalls me. But there's one thing that I do know. I am bound by the Spirit. God has arrested me. And God has commanded me. And I can't get out of these shackles that he has put on me. I can't break loose from the confines of my arrestment in order for me to be able to live a free life again. i got to go to a place that I have no earthly idea what is going to befall me when I get there. Are there any Apostle Pauls in the building that will arise and say, I don't know what it's going to look like, but I'm going to win the lost. I'm going to reach my family. I'm going to reach my neighbor. I'm going to go. I'm going to, I don't know what it's going to look like, but I'm going. If they kill me, I'm still going. But God is sending me to Jerusalem. 
Some of you are allowing the fear of the unknown to stop you from seeing the possibilities that are set before you. And the uncertain feeling that you have The insecurities that you feel is God pushing you into a place of uncertainty and transition because you will never go beyond the 15 miles without Him urging you to go further. The possibilities are endless. Somebody told me one time they wanted to go, they felt a call to preach, and I asked them, how many Bible studies have you taught? Zero. How many souls have you won to the Lord? Zero. How often do you go and do something for evangelism? I never have. I just feel a call to do it. Evidently, when God called you to preach, He sent you two letters, GP, and you thought it said go preach. When indeed he meant go and pray. The wilderness that you have been in is all part of the journey. There is a reason for your wilderness wandering and for your waiting, which right now seems in your mind to be the absence of direction and the absence of the presence of God or even some sort of friction or disagreement between you and the godly leadership that he's put in your life. And you are perceiving it as such when the truth is is that God is trying to prepare you for a new move or a fresh move of His Spirit. God cannot work through anyone when there is too much flesh hindering the anointing. Until God prepares you And until you prepare the flesh, you will never be able to handle what God is wanting to do through you. Your potential may be great. Your talents may be great. But your flesh will keep you from ever being able to do what God really wants you to do. I counseled with someone some time ago later to find out that after my counsel they went and counseled with their peers and asked their peers what they thought, didn't call my name, but asked their peers what they thought of my counseling and if they agreed with what I had to say. The next time that they reached to me for counseling, they're going to get a smile and a nod, and a God bless you. Because they're not looking for counsel. 
they're looking for affirmation. When we drive through the city of Lebanon every Sunday on a window of a particular business there, there is a sign on this particular abortion clinic that states free peer counseling. We stopped the other day just to take a picture. I'll talk to you more about it at another time. It's not something new for it. It's been in the human spirit for a long, long time. That we no longer want the voice of an elder speaking sense. We want the voice of a peer speaking affirmation and agreement. I ask my peers what I should do about my future. I ask people who will agree with me because if an elder speaks into my life something that I don't agree with, I'll go another way. You are hindering the potential. You're going to get stuck building a tent 15 miles from your starting point. Most of us struggle and ramble around the children of Israel wandered in a wilderness for 40 years when they only had a short journey that should have taken them less than two weeks to make. Because there is a God involved in things. I don't believe it ought to take in CLC three years to build a church. But God put us in a holding pattern. And we thought it was because people have fallen out and just don't want to volunteer and don't want to show up for work days. And a group of us have killed ourselves and broken our backs trying to get it done and felt the pressure of getting it done. And we thought it was everybody else's fault the whole time. God is saying, I'm putting you in a holding pattern because you're not ready yet. I knew this would make some of you uncomfortable tonight for me to get real with you. But God has held us in a holding pattern because there's some. He says, you have great potential. I have planted you in the church. Some of you say, well, I have a call to missions. How much are you giving to missions? Because if you're not leading in missions, you're never going to lead missions. Somebody says, I feel a call to preach. How much are you praying? Because if you're not leading some sort of prayer group, you may not be called to preach. I'm coming strong at you tonight, but I'm telling you, God has set before us an open door. God has set a whole, and, and I'm, I'm just asking you to survey where we are. Where do you see your life a year from now, or five years from now, or ten years from now? Because until God prepares you, and you prepare your flesh, you can never handle what he wants to do through you. Every time God uses you, you'll believe it's because you're so good and you're so talented. Listen, Dylan. God may use you in the gifts of the Spirit, but it's never you. And the moment that you believe it's you, i got some talented young men up here. If God ever uses you, you better stop where you are and say, God, it's all about you. It has absolutely nothing. God will work through your potential, through your gifts and talents. But don't ever get exalted and lifted up and start thinking this is about me. 
Because as long as it's about you, it'll never be about him. And until it is about him, he's never going to bless it. And you're never going to accomplish and get the recognition you want until you reach a point where you don't have to have the accolades. You don't have to have the pats on the back. You don't have to have all the attention on you. You're just happy doing whatever you do behind the scenes. You don't need elevation. You don't need elevation and you won't ever get elevation until you see the possibilities that God has set before you. And you know the only way I'm going to get there is going to be by faith and a whole lot of grit and a whole lot of God with me. But until your faith is developed to see the potential that God has put before you, you will always live frustrated. The question is, how are you responding to this promised land? 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. I'm closing. 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. That's one, Dylan. Humble yourself, therefore, young man. (laughs) Forty years of wilderness wandering, and they come to the promised land, and 12 spies are sent out. How will you respond now? Do you see the giants? Because they're there, and they're real. But how are you responding? It's very simple. Either you will die with the other 92% or you will be one of the 8% who say, I see the obstacles. I'm not burying my head in the sand, but we are well more than able to overcome them. Watch, watch with me. The fault would have been if Caleb would have ever ever said, I am more than able. Because that's what Samson did. I will shake myself as in times before. Every time there is an I, there will be a failure. But Caleb said, we, because I can't do it without you, Brother Danny. And I can't do it without you, Brother Newcomer. And I can't do it without you, Brother Oliver. It's we, if one puts a thousand and two puts ten thousand, what would happen if 290 people that call themselves members of CLC will begin to fast and pray and declare we are well more than able to conquer it. We are well more than able. God can't work in old used vessels with fresh anointing. He leaves us a parable. Stand with me if you would. This ensures that my second closing is the real one. The Lord leaves us a parable about wineskins. And he says it like this, I can't put 
new wine in old skins. Because if I put new wine in old skins, the flesh of the old skin can't handle the fresh new wine and it will burst. It's an incredible parallel that God is saying, I've set before you CLC an open door. But you're wanting to do it in the old wineskin. I'm not talking about God not using an elder. God forbid. Some of the most anointed men that I know and have in my life are elders, much older than me. The issue is, is the point that the old flesh begins to rise up and say, God's going to do it through me. God will say, not this fresh anointing. Because if I put this fresh anointing in an old wineskin, it'll burst. I need new wineskins and fresh wineskins for the new wine. There has to be a point that we come to that we say, God, I see the possibilities, but I understand it's the flesh that I'm dealing with. I'll never be able to do it in this flesh. I need you to make this flesh over. I need you to do something new, fresh, and real in me. He's preparing new wineskins to handle the fresh wine and anointing. That means we're going to have to handle the trimming. We're going to have to handle the hard and the difficulties and the obstacles. We know they're there, but we got to run to where he is and say, God, make me over afresh and new. Don't ever let this flesh get exalted and lifted up and believe that you're doing it in me and because of me and through me. That's an old wineskin. This old wineskin needs to be put aside that a new wineskin could hold your anointing and that you would pour into me and that I could then pour out to others. The possibilities that lie before us, CLC, are endless. They're numerous. They're incredibly powerful. The opportunities lay before us. Either you will hear the call tonight and recognize it's time to engage, recognize it's time for a fresh start, In six weeks, we're moving into a new building. This would be a great time for everyone to start over afresh and anew. You'll be finding a new seat. You'll be finding your new place. I told some of our newer members a few days ago, this is a great time to be part of CLC. We're all moving to a new building, and we'll all be kind of reinventing our relationship in the church and with each other because it's all going to feel new for all of us. This is a good time to turn over the new leaf. This is a new time to be reborn, a new wineskin. This is a brand, this is a great opportunity for us to say, I know I haven't been what I ought to be, but I'm going to step in and be what God wants me to be because I see the potential. I'm not sending a letter back and saying this as far as we can go. The potential is nearly 5,000 miles. I'm not stopping at 15 miles and sending a letter back because the way is weary and it's difficult and it's hot and it's hard and there's a struggle, but I'll accept the challenge and move forward by faith. 
We're going to respond to this message differently than the way we normally respond for I'm not calling you to come and to stand tonight. I'm calling you to a point and place of prayer. I open the altars tonight. I know there's certainly not room for everyone to kneel here at the front, but maybe you can kneel in the pew where you are and those that want to come forward can come very close tonight. Kneel tight. Kneel close in here. Step into the aisle. Make some move. Don't just stand where you are tonight, but make some move tonight to declare and to make that commitment. I'm going to be the surveyor that God wants me to be. I'm going to be the Joshua and Caleb. I'm going to be the 8% that says we are well able We are well able. Let God birth something new in you. Let God make something fresh in you. If you're unable to kneel tonight, sit where you are. Do whatever you need to do now. But everybody in the room should find themselves a point and place of prayer. We should call on the Lord tonight. Let's lift up our voice. Let the Lord hear our prayer tonight. Prepare us, O Lord. Prepare us, O Lord. Prepare our hearts. Prepare our minds. Prepare our spirit. Help us to be what you want us to be, to do what you want us to do, Lord. I can't do it in the flesh.